0: I don't think there's any of us who couldn't use a little more luck. And perhaps if we knew what the future had in store, we could either avoid the danger or take advantage of the advanced information, which accounts for the popularity of fortune tellers, palm readers, soothsayers, clairvoyants, and crystal gazers. We love them, but not, of course, if what they predict
1: is death. What is it, Mr. Varick? You look so pale.
0: Uh, it's nothing. my heart, I think. It's sudden pain, that's all.
1: You have a bad heart, son. It's
0: nothing, I tell you.
1: If I had known, I would never have let you look into the crystal. Oh! oh. What? Oh, please.
0: my, In my wallet. The name of my doctor. Yes. Please call him right away. <laughs> Our drama, The Crystal Gazer adapted from a story by Jacques Poutrelle, has been written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Robert Dryden. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The time today, one winter afternoon, The place? A big New England city. No, by the cagey, you're going to find out anyway. The city is Boston. But the room we are in might have been in East India. A tiger rug, incense burning, idols grinning in corners, candlelight. And, of course, a beautiful young woman dressed in a sari who has just welcomed a middle aged American dressed in a business suit. Good afternoon, Jada. Is him
1: sing here? very Sahib. What pleasure to see you. Please, let me have your overcoat. You are covered in snow. Yes. I shake up the coat and hide it here in the hall.
0: I couldn't get a taxi in this weather, so I walked. I just had to come and talk to your brother.
1: My brother, yes. He is in the next room with the crystals. He's in meditation.
0: Oh, I didn't like to disturb him, but just this once I must.
1: Something important you wish to convey, Varig Sahib?
0: My gratitude. I wish to thank Adam. As always, he's been 100% right. It is not he, it is the crystal that speaks. He told me to sell Artcraft preferred, which I did yesterday, Jada, at a considerable profit. His stocks fell through the floor. If it hadn't been for Adam, I'd have
1: taken a nasty bath. Then you must come along with me, Varig Sahib. Perhaps my brother will sense your arrival. And leave off his delineation. I know his happiness is to see you.
0: My dear Howard, as we have so often said, in all the months we have known each other, it is not I, but the crystal that foretells. But your thanks are welcome. You know, Adam, one thing that does bother me is that I myself have never been able to see anything in that crystal ball. Oh, I suppose it's because I'm not of your faith, your heritage. I'm not an East Indian. Well, never mind. I can live with it. Whether I see for myself, Adam, or you tell me what you see, I sure have made a packet of money through that crystal. So so be it. The power of ancestors. uh. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking of enlarging my gifts to you to further scientific investigation into the psychic. Spiritual research my sister and I have always dreamed of. I must, however, reluctantly tell you, Howard Barrick, the light from the crystal does not shine as brightly as I could wish. do
1: Do not say anything today.
0: Not brightly? What does that mean?
1: There is danger. Adam, please, I beg you, do not say any more. How can I not? Howard Barrick is our good friend. All right, look, enough of this. Well, why won't you tell me? It is difficult to tell a dear one. He is being taken from your sight. In so short a time.
0: Will you stop speaking in riddles, you two? You... are you saying that I'll die?
1: Please, please, Barak Sahib, ask no more of us. Let it be peace today, and no peace.
0: If I didn't know you both so well, I'd be angry. But I know that neither of you play with words. Well, tell me straight out, what is it? What danger? I cannot say. You must. I shan't leave here until I know. The crystal, Sahib, it tells me that... No. That no, brother. Please, no. Go on. It grieves me to say that which will cause pain to one whom I love as I do you, Sahib. Perhaps you had rather see for yourself. Let me see it then. Does it show in the crystal ball right now? Come on. Now I can open the curtain myself. Do you, uh... You want to stand behind me at him, or should I look into the crystal alone? And this time I will remain beside you, Sahib. And before you sit, are you sure you can stand the shock? Of course I can. I. All right, I'll sit at the table. You stand there. Good, haven't you? You're right. For the first time in my life, I, I do see something in the crystal. A light, I... I... I see a light inside it. Look closer, sahib. Place your eyes close to it. Yes, I am, I am. A light, that's all there is. No. No, it's unbelievable. There's a table with books on it and a chair. No, it's not a table, it's a desk. And I can see a mantelpiece. At... Oh, that's not possible. That's my own room, my study, and my home. It is. The door on the corner is... Open. I could see a man coming into the room, coming into my study. Now he's turned his face this way. He has my dressing gown up. Man, it's me.
1: Wake up. Wake up, Eric Sahib. Hmm? Oh, please, hmm. please. Well, uh, Wake up.
0: Well, uh, what happened to me?
1: You fainted, Sahib. My brother carried you to this couch. He has just gone to fetch some
0: water. I I never fainted before in my life.
1: Ah, dear friend, I'm glad you are awakened.
0: Would you like some water? No, 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 I I don't want anything. I can't understand myself. It was a shock. The man in the crystal ball was myself, I'm sure of it. It, it. It's absolutely crazy. I saw in that crystal my very own study with my books, everything just the way I left it this morning. You did not see your room as it is today. What do you mean? You saw it in the future. Stop, Adam. Stop. No more for today. No, 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 wait a minute. There's more to this I want to find out now. I want to go back and take another look. If you wish, you can stand with me, Adam. It doesn't matter to me. But I'm going to take a long look inside that crystal. Whatever I see. <laughs> Why is it taking so long? It's still dark. The future is a long way off. so no way of, of speaking to it, telling it how anxious I am to see into the future? The crystal is the medium. It can merely light the way. You in your mind will see the pictures it makes possible. Wait. Wait a minute. Look. Yes, there I am again. In my study. Now I'm sitting down at my desk. What is it that's troubling me? My head is down. Look at the way I'm moving my hands, as if to say it's hopeless. Hopeless. Am I crying? What's happening? I put my head down on my arms. The door, behind me, the door. Someone's opening it. There's a man with a knife in his hands. He's moving towards me. close
1: Closer. Let us all sit here quietly, and I shall make tea. It will calm you, Varick Sahib. After what you have seen.
0: How long have you known this?
1: I saw it first yesterday. I was horrified. So Jaya called to me. I came quickly.
0: And you saw what I saw today, also. I did, Sahib. You saw this unknown man creeping up behind me and striking me with his knife, burying it in my back up to the hilt. You saw me murdered. I did, Sahib. Beyond comprehension. When I was looking into the crystal ball, I kept thinking, this is madness. I must be seeing things. But it is my room. I'm positive about that. My study, the books, the rug, the clock, and the mantelpiece. How
1: we were hoping it was not so. But perhaps the crystal was showing us the death of another man in another room. I go now and make some tea. No, no, I I, I don't want any
0: tea, thank you. Adam, I am a hard-headed businessman, a realist. I cannot believe what I saw will happen. The
1: crystal has never lied.
0: But how can it foretell such a thing?
1: The psychic world is a secret world. Oh, please, be careful, Ferec Now that you have been warned.
0: Well, of course I'll be careful. I'll change the locks, bar the windows.
2: Well,
0: I must go. This room is stifling. That incense, must you burn that incense all the time? I may see you tomorrow. It is the God's will. Yes, goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Oh, help him. Oh. He's falling.
0: That's nothing, oh. My heart, a sudden twinge, that's all.
1: You have a bad heart, Sergeant. I Sahib. tell
0: you, it's nothing. I've had two attacks, but that's past.
1: Your heart is weak? Oh, we did not know. Why did you not tell us?
0: Well, I'd uh, forgotten about it myself.
1: Had we known, I certainly would not have permitted you to look into the crystal. I did ask him if he could stand the shock. Oh, I feel so bad, Barik Sahib, to have brought on this weakness.
0: I'm all right, Just let me sit here and catch my breath. I'm going in a moment. How do you feel now, sir? Oh, oh! Oh. Please, in my wallet, name of my doctor. Please, call him right away. Where is he? Where is Howard Merrick?
1: Are you the doctor? I am follow me he collapsed all of a sudden my brother did not know whether he should start mouth-to-mouth resuscitation or what to do uh, uh, through here of
2: doctor. course he should have
1: are you dr cole i have not touched him i did not want to do the wrong thing
0: do you know how to administer cpr uh, yes yes in england i took the training but a
1: uh, man's life i was afraid to take the risk
0: is not getting any better line here move over please I want to see if he's breathing
1: oh, i am terribly sorry doctor we called you just as soon as he told us your name please be
0: quiet i cannot listen with you talking hmm. i'm not sure i'm not sure uh, somebody call an ambulance
1: i will go i will i will do it
2: right away hurry right.
0: yeah we'll squeeze off the nostrils and start blowing air into his mouth what's your name uh i'm seeing. and you're certain you know cpr i have done it before doctor good you start the mouth-to-mouth, Mr. Singh. I'll check his carotid pulse. Huh. No pulse. Heart's oh, not beating. I'll start chest compression. We'll do it together, you and I. Now, I want you to blow into his mouth once. I'll compress the chest five times. So it's breath, one, two, three, four, and on the fifth compression, you sneak in a second breath on my fifth count. Understand? I know the method, doctor. As you count four and release, I blow a breath into his mouth. Thanks. All right, let's go. A life in the balance. Any of you who are not doctors or even paramedics, if you have been trained in the Red Cross procedure of CPR, cardiac pulmonary resuscitation, can save a life. Oxygen is pushed into the lungs while the heart pump is being squeezed, sucking blood into the left oracle and pumped out of the right. Anyone can learn it. And right now, Howard Varick's life depends on it. The crisis has passed. Howard Varick was treated and has recovered. It's a week later, on another wintry, snowy afternoon, and Howard sits in Dr. Cole's office. He has just undergone a cardiogram. Uh, The cardiogram tells me nothing. Uh, That can happen sometimes. It shows nothing at all? No damage to your heart. To play safe, I think we'll have you take a stress test. And tell us whether your heart's getting enough oxygen. But I've never had a sick day in my life. Uh, Except for three attacks. Uh, This apartment where I found you... They have the whole house. hmm, Everything about it was so foreign... Incense in the air. Uh, who are these people? This uh, Indian gentleman, this lady? Well, what's that got to do with it? Why don't you give me a straight answer, Howard? Is there something you have to hide? What I'm saying is the whole place and those two seem a little peculiar. Well, he just happens to be a genius. And the girls, she's his sister, Jada's her name. They, uh, they work together. Uh, and what? Well, Adam Singh is an extraordinary man. He's a, a spiritualist. He, he can read the future. And I did learn something that day at Adam's house, which perhaps excited me. Who knows, something I should probably go to the police about. Then why don't you? Because they'd laugh at me. I also doubt whether they'd believe me. Hmm. They wouldn't do anything anyway. How do you know? Until an actual crime has been committed, they're not interested. Now, perhaps I can help. If it's so secret, it's so important. I have a friend you should see. He's one of the great private investigators in the country. Anything you tell him will be kept in strictest confidence. Let me call him up for you and set an appointment. Well, who is he? Dr. Augustus Van Dusen. Another doctor? Oh, but his practice is not quite like mine. The disease he fights is crime. What makes this Dr. Van Dusen so different? His methods. Augustus is known among professionals as the thinking machine. He's a mastermind. He is a a supreme logician. I see. Maybe that's the kind of man I should talk to. Yes, please arrange it. He sounds like the kind of man who could help me prove or disprove that seeing is believing. Well, if what's plaguing you can be solved by reason... Augustus Van Dusen is the perfect choice. Not many years ago, Augustus challenged a champion chess player. And by the sheer force of logic, defeated him. (laughs) I don't see what that proves, so your Dr. Van Dusen played a better game. Well, that means much more than you think. Augustus Van Dusen had never played chess before in his life. And that, Dr. Van Dusen, is the whole story. You've left out nothing, Mr. Barrick? I don't think so. It's interesting. So you believe you've had a look through a crystal ball into the future. Did I understand you correctly? Doctor, I'm going to die someday next week. Do you understand that next week? Is there any way to prevent it? Of course, if you've made up your mind to die, I don't see what can be done. Uh... Tell me again, how is this going to transpire? But I told you, I'm going to be murdered, stabbed in the back by someone, a a man I I haven't recognized. Oh, dear me, that's quite unfortunate. I'm not surprised that your seeing a reenactment of your own murder would unnerve you. Reenactment? It was the real thing that I saw. Well, if it's possible to see the future, it could only be by harnessing some superhuman force. And that is difficult for me to assume. Dr. Van Dusen, do you believe in any psychic force? There have been a lot of unexplained horrors from the Salem witchcraft days to today, poltergeists and what have you. But a peek at tomorrow in such dramatic detail, uh, it's hard for me to swallow. Well, I'm a doubting man myself, but what I saw, I saw. I'll admit this. The good Lord who hung the sun and moon up there has done a number of other things which we may never understand. Ah, uh, tell me, Mr. Varick, how did you first meet this crystal gazer, this, uh, Adam Singh? Well, I've been interested in the occult for years. I have a comfortable fortune, no occupation, no dependence. The psychic has been a hobby of mine. I've studied it all over the world. I met Adam Singh in India ten years ago. I realized that he had a power, so I financed him. Two years ago, he absolutely convinced me there was something to this crystal-gazing. Oh, how'd he do that? By making me believe in telepathy, subconscious mental action, call it what you will. And that power of his has guided me ever since in every important act of my life. But only through him? Oh, yes. Huh. Ah. Always under a pledge of secrecy? Yes. How did you know? Mr. Berry has there ever been any taint of insanity in your family no never how often have you consulted mr singh oh many times when the crystal told him nothing he had nothing to tell me but when he did advise me it was always to my advantage oh how so even in the most intricate stock operations he has never given me bad advice (laughs) one's going to play the market Surely a good broker could have done the same. Oh, Dr. Van Dusen, the only game the stock market is, is a guessing game. There are no 100% experts. And yet, Adham Singh batted that average. One hundred percent? So naturally, I've come to believe everything the crystal shows. Could you blame me? This uh, murder of yourself that you saw enacted in the crystal, when is it supposed to happen? And Singh was as horrified as I was, and his sister... I asked him that question, and he made the vision appear just for himself. He told me of a calendar on my desk which shows a page for each week, and that's true. It was turned to the week of the 21st, which starts next Sunday. Come with me, Mr. Barry. Where are we going? For a stroll on the Boston Common. In this weather? It's snowing so hard you can't even see your hand in front of your face. Besides, I I really don't feel up to walking, Doctor. My life is in danger. I'm aware of that. On the common, it'll be impossible for anyone to overhear what I'm about to tell you. I shall be with you in a moment. First, I have a telephone call to
2: make.
0: Oh, no, never you mind, Mr. Barrett. The call will do you good. It's bracing. As I was saying... What you've told me is unquestionably amazing. You have no idea of the identity of this murderer to be? No, not the slightest. In the crystal ball, I saw him only from the back and... as you can imagine, everything I saw was in miniature. And it was your room, no question. Oh, absolutely. Rugs, furniture, books, everything was mine. In that event, the affair is perfectly simple. You mean you can stop this from happening? Uh, Let us say that I can take a good poke at the elbow of fate. Will you place yourself in my hands and obey my instructions implicitly? Well, of course. Anything. Let's sit down there on that bench in front of the monument. Uh, You don't happen to have three or four thousand dollars in your pocket, do you, Mr. Barry? Well, not as much as that, but if you're concerned about your fee, let me assure you that... I I never accept fees. I interest myself in certain cases because I like them. They stimulate me. I stimulate them. you have a checkbook with you? Well, I think I do. I generally carry one, yes. Good. Now sit yourself down on the bench and take out your checkbook. Right. Now, wait a minute. you better clear off the snow first. Hutch, you can bring Philip out now from behind the monument. Mr. Barrick, let me introduce my two friends. This gentleman who is sporting a raincoat with an upturned collar covered with snow is Mr. Hutchinson Hatch. When he is not assisting me, Mr. Hatch is an esteemed colleague of the Fourth Estate. He's a reporter? Yes, sir. And the gentleman behind him, also moonlighting as it were, is Philip Byrne. Philip owns a travel agency. Oh. Uh, How do you do, Mr. Byrne? Now, Philip can hear you, but he's unable to speak A childhood malady, Unfortunate. But you may shake his hand if you wish. Gentlemen... Mr. Howard Varick, our very troubled client. Now, sir, if you write out a check for $4,000 payable to Hutchinson Hatch... 4000 I think that'll be enough. Right here and now? Right here and now. We've got no time to lose. Hutch? Yeah? You go immediately to your bank, cash the check, and come back here with the money. Here? Uh, on Boston Common, in this blizzard? To this very spot. We'll all be here, waiting... Is that you, Hodge? it is, Van. Got the money? Four thousand smackaroos of Uncle Sam's best. Thank you. Philip, I want you to take this cash. <laughs> you're, you're giving my money to Mr. Byrne? Mr. Barry, half an hour ago you said you would place yourself in my hands without question. What? Sorry, Dr. Van Dusen. I... I didn't understand. Well, you will. First, Mr. Varick, the keys to your house. Where is it exactly? It's uh, the big red house at the top of Beacon Hill. You can't miss it. Oh, I won't. Secondly, Mr. Varick, from this time on, your name is John Smith. You're going on a trip, beginning immediately. I am? You're not to send a letter, a postcard... A telegram to anyone. You are to buy nothing. You are to write no checks. You are not to speak to or recognize anyone, not even me. But my affairs, my business. You told me you had no business. I know, but keeping up with the stock market, that's vital. As vital as your life? Well, but where would people think I am if I suddenly just disappeared? I will have Dr. Cole inform whoever's interested that you're confined to your house and must see no one. After all, you did suffer an attack, so there's nothing strange in being isolated until you recover. I don't follow what you're up to, Dr. Van Dusen. What you do understand, however, and what you truly believe is what you saw in the crystal. That your days are numbered. Yes, yes, of course. I'll ask no more questions of you. Forgive me. But is seeing believing? That's all I think about. Philip, you heard my instructions. It's your job to enforce them. You must lose yourself in this man. Of course, you can't take him abroad because passports are necessary, but from now on, he is John Smith. Take him somewhere to some place, south or west. I leave that to you. When you're there, place an ad in the Boston Herald. It will say, come to sunny So-and-so. And you'll add the name of the city where you're hold up. For how long am I going to be hidden away? until the case has been solved. When I do, I'll have a similar ad placed in one of your city's newspapers. My ad will say, come to sunny Boston. When you read that, Philip, bring him in. (laughs) Come to sunny Boston (laughs) in this weather? Oh, uh, Hutch, you and Mr. Varick just happen to be the same height and build. Uh, I'm going to be Varick? Uh Uh-huh until this case is solved. Howard Varick appears to doubt his own senses. You heard him question whether seeing was believing. Today we live in an age when every science tells us the impossible is possible. Even so, I have heard of certain doubting Thomases who believe the first man on the moon was only a television show staged in a studio to fool the world. However, whatever your name, be it Thomas, Richard, or Harold, Tom, Dick, or Harry, doubt not that I shall return shortly with Act Three. I did tell you, didn't I, that Dr. Van Dusen is known to criminologists the world over as the thinking machine? Blessed from birth with a very large cranium, he has filled it with an unparalleled assortment of knowledge. Until today, he is reputed to have the sanest, clearest brain in science, capable of unparalleled deductive reasoning. It was his reporter and friend, Hutchinson Hatch, who dubbed him the thinking machine. And the two of them are, at this moment, in the office of Dr. Cole, the medical doctor we met earlier. Now, Augustus, I wouldn't say that Howard Varick is fundamentally nervous. He keeps to himself, has since his wife passed away. So, Dr. Cole, you'd say he was in good command of himself? Right? I don't think a man who parades a $10,000 inheritance into 10 millions is a flighty type. <laughs> Agreed. What do you think, Hatch? No, not uh, flighty. Uh, Pretty scared, though, (laughs) that he thinks he's got only days to live. You've got to remember, Hatch, when a man's had a heart attack, changes his viewpoint. That's what we've come to see you about, Dr. Cole. Any ideas as to what might have brought it on? Other than physical, I mean. Uh, That uh, Indian crystal gazer and his sister, is that what you mean? Yes. Well, he he did say to me that he thought he should go to the police. uh, That there was something going on that disturbed him. That's why I sent him to you, Augustus. Glad you did. Dr. Cole, would it be unethical for you to write a note to someone and say that, in your opinion, Mr. Barrick is ill and you have confined him to his apartment, and you recommend a complete rest and he is to see no one? Augustus. That's exactly what I would have prescribed in any case. Uh, who do you wish me to address the note to? Mr. Adam Singh. I'll get to it right now. Hutch, when Doc Cole has written the note, I'd like you to deliver it to friend Crystal Gazer's house. Okay, so I see that Adam Singh gets the note. None what? Then you and I begin step two of the trap. And what do I do? You're the bait. Van, I hope we hit the jackpot tonight Well, maybe, Hutch Maybe not Uh, This is the third night I go through the same act Hutch, let me tell you You're giving one of the finest characterizations I've seen on any stage Uh, Van, I'd like to ask you a favor Tonight when I go into that room Do I have to wear a Varick's dressing gown? All that velvet and the fur collar. It's bad enough I got this wig jammed on my head so I look like him. But with a fire going and that heavy robe, i feel like I'm in a sauna sitting at his desk. Hutch, it's your costume for your part. Of course you have to wear it. Okay, okay. Relying on you to get some good pictures for my story. Uh, Straighten up my wig and back, will you? When did I ever say catching a criminal was easy? Well, let's get tonight's performance on the road. Time to start? Not yet. We'll wait till it's quarter past midnight. Ah, uh, did you check the camera? Uh, it's loaded? You should be playing my part. I should be taking the pictures. But you're built like Varick. He's not tall and skinny with a big head. Now, about the camera. Now, well, you... of course it's loaded. Flash is all set to go. Just keep thumb away from the lens. It's time. Good luck. I'll be watching from the wings. Stay right where you are, Mr. Singh. One more, please. Very nice pictures. Oh, what is this? Who are you? Arch, if you'll be so good as to turn around at the desk and point your gun straight at Mr. Singh, I think your newspaper will be very pleased with the pictures. A real first. A murderer in action. Mr. Singh, please drop that knife you're holding. Would you mind? I don't understand all this. You might easily have disposed of Mr. Varick, but you went into such trivial theatrics. He also came pretty close. I could feel him breathing down my neck. I suppose I am your prisoner. Indeed you are. You're charged with the attempted murder of Howard Varick.
1: not expect to see you. I
0: didn't expect to be here myself. May I come in? Is your brother here?
1: Uh, no. I mean, I... I well, where I suppose, is he? Uh, did you not see him at your house? Uh, no,
0: no, I, I've been away.
1: You have not been in your house yesterday or the day before?
0: No, I... What is all this?
1: Please. Oh. Put your hands up, Varric Sahib. Jada, you're, you're not going to shoot me. I may. Thirsty. Turn round and walk to that door. I
0: wish you wouldn't point that pistol at me. Move. I, I don't understand.
1: You went to the police, did you not? Move, I say. Now, open the door. There are
0: stairs leading down.
1: Yes, Sahib. And you will go down them. I shall be right behind you.
0: Listen, I, I don't know what all this is about. Now, Jada, what are you doing? I came back without telling anybody because I was sure you and Adam were my best friends. Not the detective, nor the man who had me in custody. So
1: you did go to the police. If you do not start on those stairs in three seconds, I shall shoot to kill.
0: Keep on knocking, Lieutenant. I'm sure that woman's there. Yes? I'm Lieutenant Madhury, 8th Precinct. Sure took you a long time to come to the door, ma'am. I have a warrant to search these premises. What for? What have we done? Who are are these people? I'm Dr. Van Dusen, and this gentleman here is Mr. Hatch. For your information, madam, Adam Singh has been apprehended and has
1: confessed. I do not believe you, whoever you are. Adam Singh has nothing to confess whatsoever. He is a
2: spiritualist.
1: We know all about that, ma'am. What's in that room there? You are welcome to enter it.
0: This is where the seances are held, I bet. What's behind that black
1: velvet curtain? Stand back. All of you. What? Against that wall. I have got a gun. And I am leaving this room and locking the door behind me. It is a strong door. And it will take you quite a while to
0: get out. I've never seen the lieutenant so angry. I've never seen him so powerful. The way he kicked at that locked door and broke it open. That's quite a woman. What an operator. She won't get far. Hatch, let me show you the secret of this so-called peek into the future. Oh, you figured it out? Uh, First of all, let's pull this black velvet curtain open. Yeah. Yeah, there it is on the table. Crystal ball. Velvet covered tabletop. Very nice. Do you see anything in the crystal? Uh, no, Swami, I don't. Not a thing. Close the curtain behind us. All right, I've got a flashlight. Good. Now shine it at the base of the crystal ball. What are you doing, Ben? Lifting it off its pedestal. Uh huh. Hatch, give me the flashlight. Now you slowly lift up the crystal. Both hands, that's it. Yeah. Very clever. Look here, I'll tell you what. You sit right here in the dark and keep your eye on the crystal ball, and I'll see if I can't give you a glimpse into the future. Won't take long, Hatch. We're just going down to the cellar. Mm -hmm. you are. The key's in the door. I'll have it open in a sec. oh ah. <coughs> Berwick, what are you doing here? Oh, Dr. Van Dusen, am I glad to see you. My heart is pounding like I don't know what. I was suffocating in there. Why aren't you with Mr. Byrne as we agreed? I ran away from him. I had to come back. Oh, I know it was so stupid. I believed Adam Singh and his sister were my friends. I came back to plead with him to use his power so that I wouldn't be killed. And Jada threatened me with a gun and locked me up in that airless closet. I had it coming to me. I have an idea. There's a lot more down in this basement than a closet. I see a light at the end of this corridor. You come with me. Hmm. You did an extremely foolish thing, Mr. Barry. First of all, you fell for quackery like some ignorant person. You've been hoodwinked for years. But to return alone to this house, I never thought you could be that stupid. Well, now, the door to the future is a little ajar. Shall we push it open? Good heavens. Surprised, aren't you? How did they do it? The how is simple. It's the why that interests me. Do you see anything here out of place? Oh, there's nothing. Absolutely nothing. Everything's exactly the way it should be. This is my study, book for book, the table, the desk. Even my antique lamp has been duplicated. Everything is just the way it is in my own house, which is miles from here. A perfect duplicate. And now I shall sit at this desk and show you how Adam Singh went about a perfect deception. Lieutenant Mallory, welcome back. You uh, caught up with the lady? Yes, stupid dame. She ran a red light. A patrol car stopped her. There were two Indian gentlemen in the car with her who tried to run away. three of them are down now at the station house. I thought I'd stop by to ease your mind, doctor. Lieutenant, I don't know what I would have done without you. You might just check the identity of the young lady. Logic tells me she's Adam Singh's wife, not his sister. It wouldn't surprise me to learn that they've been up to quite a few swindles in this house. A girl like that could be attractive bait. Yes, I'll do that. And, Dr. Van Dusen, just give us a call if you need any more help. Hatch, I'll bet you those two men, Mr. and Mrs. Singh, make up the entire cast. Entire cast? While Singh was up here setting the stage for his miracle play to be shown on the crystal ball... He had to have two accomplices down in the cellar impersonating Barrick and the so-called murderer. Mm-hmm. Well, how did he do it? I'll show you. Come over here. You too, Mr. Barrick. Uh, let's just close the curtain. Now observe when I lift the ball from its pedestal and the black velvet tabletop, what do you see? A pipe right? The pipe leads into the leg of the table, which is hollow, and runs all the way down to the basement. There are lenses in the pipe, so when I press this switch with my foot... Great Scott. The duplicate of Mr. Varick's room lights up, and the show is ready to begin. The actors are in the cellar, and there we are. You're actually looking through the wrong end of a telescope when you gaze into the crystal. Well, then that's how I saw you at the desk you can imagine how high the stakes were. All this equipment, hiring extra people full-time, adds up to a production expense which only a rich man like Mr. Varick could make worthwhile. Well, there's no fool like an old fool. And I met. How much money were you planning to leave Adam Singh in your will? How did you know? Please, your answer... Half a million dollars. It was to further his investigations into the psychic. That's a lot of money to pay for your own funeral. Would it be a safe assumption, Mr. Varric, to say not only will you change your beneficiaries, but you're no longer very interested in the occult? Dr. Van Dusen, I know they call you the thinking machine. So I would say your logic is indisputable. rell, who masterminded this mastermind, tells us that Dr. Van Duzen, the thinking machine, believed implicitly that all things that start must go somewhere, and that if you brought a concentrated mental force to bear upon a given problem, it would no longer be a problem. I shall return shortly. Look to CBS Television for the very best in daytime drama. Stories about people facing each day as it comes on Search for Tomorrow and the new hour-long version of The Young and the Restless. Follow the private lives of people trying to find their way as the world turns and the guiding light. So when you think about daytime drama, think about Search for Tomorrow, The Young and the Restless, as the world turns and the guiding light. They're here for you every weekday on CBS Television. Hi, I'm Jean Stapleton. If you need information on child care, health care, non-sexist education, abused women, displaced homemakers, legal rights, credit, or any other topic concerning women, write or call the Women's Action Alliance. That's the Women's Action Alliance, 370 Lexington Avenue, New York, New York, 10017. Call 212-532-8330. So ends Mystery Theater's report on the battlefield of wits. These skirmishes against double-dealing and crime always remind me of that little gem of truth by Sir Walter Scott, who said, Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. And I might add, only a brain of extreme power can untangle those webs, for which we have to thank Dr. Van Dusen, the thinking machine. Our cast included Robert Dryden, E.V. Jester, Ian Martin, and Ray Owens. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. I don't care what they say at the FBI. Somebody made a mistake. Yes. Hola. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Thanks for calling. Anton, what is it? That was Bill Stone. You know Bill. Of course. Well, he said a story's just coming over the wire from Blaneyville. Bill, so that's where you had your accident, just outside Blaneyville. Yes. Dr. Barringer was found dead this afternoon in his office. Strangled? Strangled? By one hand. One hand? The the, the bruises show that one one hand strangled him to death. A right hand.
2: Well, this is strange.
0: It's more than strange, Alexis. It's impossible.
2: Why
1: impossible, Anton?
0: Because, Lottie, they say it was my right hand that strangled him. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Opportunities for the Blind. Can the Blind work? Listen. I'm an investigator for the West Virginia Human Rights Commission.
2: I'm now working in compliance as an intergroup relations specialist one. In the nine months I've been there, I've been doing intake, which is primarily in the office, both on the phone,
0: taking complaints or inquiries, and determining whether or not we have jurisdiction. Occasionally, someone will ask me about the blindness, but that's all. No one has ever refused to have me handle them. As far as my coworkers, I've had just fantastic relationships. For further information about employment opportunities for the blind, contact Job, 1800 Johnson Street, Baltimore, Maryland, 21230, or call toll free, 800-638-7518. This message was presented as a public service.